Welcome back to Chasing the Nimbus. My name is Nimu, and this is my co-host. It's Moopy. Every week, we spin a wheel and land on a random anime. We must watch and review that anime next week. If we choose not to, we have to instead spin the... Punishment Wheel. Where we've collected a number of terrible garbage that we will then be forced to watch instead. So be sure to join us every week on a fun train wreck of a show. You can find us on... Spotify and other major podcast networks. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> and be sure to check out the Nimu channel on YouTube for more anime-related videos. Anyway, last week we landed on... Land of the Lustrous. None of us knew what this is, but after watching and checking out the story following the anime, I can see why it was on the wheel. There is a lot you could talk about regarding the actual manga, but as we watch the anime, we'll mainly be sticking to that while maybe referencing some of the stuff later on, if there are signs of it in the anime. Before we get into the plot or animation itself, how would you describe Land of the Lustrous? Um, have you seen that meme where it's like the little ninja poking the uh, dead thing on the ground and going, hey, do something? Yeah. That's an anime. This is that given given life as anime. Um, it's a story where a bunch of uh, genderless rock people that wear booty shorts and look like Charlie's Angels do nothing. And fight cheese from the moon. Honestly, I don't disagree. Yeah, that's about as that's about as succinct, succinct as I could do as I can make it because it's really like the entire show. I'm waiting for something to happen, and it's just like, well, what if nothing ever happened, and we just wandered around and were confused for twelve episodes? Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. You didn't get lost and immersed in the uh, wilderness. I was not lost in the land of the lustrous. No, I was. Uh, I was uh, kept waiting and wanting for much more than I was given. So, as Mookie said, it's genderless rock people in booty shorts that hug a monk and fight moon jeans. Yeah, it, I'm going to probably mess this up, and I don't mean to do it, but they are very, to me, as a subjective viewer, they are very coded as, like, little girls. I don't think there's anything, like, to disagree with that. Yeah, the way they act, the way they're dressed, and like the general interactions they have with each other and with uh, their senpai uh, are all very, very like little girl coded. And it's not to say that this isn't, you know, interesting that they're, they're the anime itself works hard to use they pronouns and not gender them when talking about them. But the way that they act, the way they look, the stuff they do, other than swinging swords around, but I mean, it's anime, so girls can swing swords around easily and often. Uh, it, it feels like I'm being told one thing and shown another. I'm not sure what point the actual trope that that is plays into the story because obviously we'll get into it. The corruption, destruction, or change of one I one's identity is like a key aspect, but it's like, did they have to be little schoolgirls? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that was really that relevant and a lot of the stuff of them like it just feels like they threw that in there because that's like what you do with characters in an anime or a manga like they just run around there's there's a lot of them and they don't know nothing so they're like little girls at school and that's kind of just like why they are the way they are i don't really have a, a read some of the other stuff in this manga and the anime it seems like there's reasons for it that have deeper meaning behind them but i can't really find one for like them being them acting like little girls the entire time. 
Does that bother you, or do you not care? It's just weird. Mm, it bothers me a little bit because it feels like it takes away from. It feels like it detracts from the show trying to say something. I guess the point would just be that is what one thinks of when like the. I think that's just what one thinks of when the concept of being like innocent comes to mind. Sure, little girls that want to hug their senpai. Well, it's not a sexual hug. It's just that I need a hug. Yeah, but the camera doesn't know that in this show. Sure. There's a lot of like upskirt and booty shots that don't feel out of place for like any generic horny like schoolgirl anime. And I'm just like, why is that there? That doesn't do that doesn't do anything for me because I'm, I think, I I am willing to be generous to this show because it's it has a weird concept and it, and it's kind of out there. So like everything in my like you know the pretentious part of me that wants to interpret things as art is willing to go out on a limb for this show. And then it keeps doing stuff that I'm just like, why the fuck? What? Why? And and like all the assumptions I have to make, it's just like, why? Why do you know that? Why do you act like that? Why do you dress like that? It doesn't really make any sense. It's written by a woman. So I don't know if that gives you like any more charitability. And she also obviously cares about some aspects of like queer identity or gender theory or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I think if I had read the entire manga, maybe I'd feel a little differently. But judging it based on the experience I had watching the show, I feel like some of that has been a little bit lost in the sauce. Yeah, I think the problem with an anime like this is that, like, if I'm showing this to someone that doesn't normally watch anime, they would just probably stop and be like, why are there, like, little children in right. the anime? Like, why, why is there that upskirt shot of this, like, random, supposedly asexual rock person? that's in like booty shorts like i don't get it honestly it feels the closest parallel felt like charlie's angel so that's why i say that it's like a bunch of little girls that fight in skimpy outfits and high heels for no reason and they all are in love with like their charlie who's like yeah the dude the dude who just hangs back and lets them like get fucked up all the time for no discernible reason you know, just like why is why why is this the the relationship that they have and yes if if you are someone who mainly consumes naga and anime it feels weird and distant enough from the stuff you're used to to be like, this is playing, this is playing the tropes that I'm used to differently. So I'm willing to like see why and analyze why. But yeah, if you are not as familiar with manga and anime, or you're trying to show this to someone else to say like, oh, check out this kind of like more thoughtful, artistic, weird thing, people will ask those questions and you won't have many answers. Yeah, it's sort of like, I'm obviously not on the same level, but when I first watched Kill the Kill, right. and when I finished it, I was like, oh yeah, I can never show anyone this ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you want to you take it at the, artistic, uh, at the artistic statement that it's making, but you have to look past all of the shit that's very hard to ignore if you're someone who isn't on the same like level or the same amount of like in-depth uh, familiarity with anime tropes and stuff. Yeah, I also don't think it's, like, simply a media literacy LOL thing. I think it's no. just, like, you can get these same messages in stories that don't have, like, little girl gemstones fighting moon cheese people. <laughs> of course, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because I think there is something valuable being said here in a, in a, in a very abstract, kind of hard-to-understand way a little bit. But, yeah, you can find those same themes in other, other pieces of media, I think. So... Moving yes. on, I think that basically is like the first hurdle for people besides what we're about to talk about. To right. even give the, the, other show glaring, the other glaring thing about it. Yeah, the the biggest hurdles are 
also, I guess we could talk about this because we're not going to talk about it too much. The anime just cuts off, um, yeah. like, before anything meaningful actually happens. Yes, it's, it feels like they stopped this season, like, <laughs> before any of the plot happened. They just, it was it was one season all of setup. Yeah, it feels like one of the 26 episode seasons of, like, JJK. It right. feels like the first... Honestly, I would say first half, but like JJK could cover something like this in like three episodes. So if it's like a six episodes of a normal anime's like first season, stretch out, stretched out to 13, and it ends on a very like question mark point at that. Yeah. And the other thing that kind of bothers me about the plot structure, if we're going to talk about that a little, is that it doesn't feel like, like I like shows that take a long time to get to where they're going. Like I liked the slowness of do rah, 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 you know? And, but it felt like every episode was adding a piece to the puzzle, you know, like filling out these characters, filling out the world, a long focus on one character's particular backstory, and then inserting them back into the plot so that all that knowledge now is like part of what you're building on with the wider story. It felt like there were multiple episodes where it was like, they just walked for a long time and the character didn't change particularly. And then the moments when the character did change just happened to be the times when it was time to have a character change. Like, there, there are very abrupt and sudden changes, which there's a narrative reason for, but story structure-wise, it's like, okay, at episode six is now when we change character. And that feels jarring because the first six episodes weren't, like, a progression towards that. It's just now we've passed that cliff point where we are now in second part of character's, you know, change or whatever. Yeah, and these are just, like, the first hurdles of, like, not even giving the manga a try, just trying to get through the show itself, like the first couple episodes. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, the premise is not clear, but what you do know of the world really isn't that enticing, to be honest. And I don't think it'll capture people outside of the demographic whose biases all align with this series already. Yeah. Because it obviously hasn't. So, it, you know, point kind of just proven right there. Yes. But let's ignore that and, you know, there maybe there's marketing or some other capitalistic reasons as to why that didn't work out. There's no season two or whatever, despite people really enjoying the manga. Or maybe the anime actually sucks and it's not good and maybe people are just being silly. But let's, let's pretend all that's not true. Uh, you can't say that me or movie doesn't give anime a fair shake or we care about animation. We did a two hour plus episode on Violence Voyager. We've seen things way worse than this. I actively defend Code Lyoko. Like, I watched Popsicle Sticks uh, dismember each other for two hours. Yeah, like literally that's not an issue. Media literacy isn't an issue. We know what happens later on in the manga. I think the manga sounds really interesting. I'll eventually read it. Yeah, the matter of the fact is the animation is kind of jarring. The yes. way the story is told is kind of jarring. And the what you can gleam from your first episodes of experiencing the anime is a little bit jarring. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not satisfying until like the end, like the stuff that you're waiting for all comes in like the last two episodes and it's not satisfying once you get there. So in my opinion, this is me guessing at, at what could be, like what could have made this popular for why, like a wider audience who may or may not be willing to, you know, go as far as we are in terms of being generous to a show. I think it's like people just like seeing repetitive fights and people really like Ruby, like the anime, the quote unquote anime Ruby. Um, so I don't know. I think it's more like people are just uh, if if little girls swing a sword around that can hold people over for a long time. 
I mean, I think that's part of it. The way that um, people engage with this type of media is just goofy. Um, I thought it would be interesting to like literally live react to someone's video or something. Mm. So I think we should maybe work that into the show. I think that'd be fun. But um, we could do that at the end. I want to see what Fernet has to say about this. Yeah, what does Fernet have to say about Land of the Lustrous? <laughs> Honestly, I kind of do want to hear what Fernet has to be say. A very, that might be one of the more interesting reaction videos you could watch. Yeah, I I think someone that is totally checked out but familiar with a lot of anime, it might be interesting to see what they think. A guy who's only watched Naruto for the last three years straight. <laughs> He's watched more than Naruto. Leave him alone. He's watched more... He, he's watched Boruto too. I'll give him that. We're pro for Nev. For Nev's the guy. Yes, we are. Um, but actually, you know what? You know, he needs to do a review now. It, it would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that's very funny. I would love for him to just do like a like a four-hour review of Land of the Lustrous with us. We, ki- we kidnap Nev, and then we make him watch Violence Voyager and Land of the Lustrous back-to-back. That would be literally the funniest thing for me. I would love that. <laughs> Honestly, I think if we watched... I think it would be really cool to see Fornev watch Burning Buddha Man. That would be the coolest. Yeah, if we ever get... This is just, like, goof, goofball territory now. If we get... Um, no, I'm curious. Keep growing in size, you know. We have to have a for never world on to watch it. I would Burning love Buddha Man. We, I don't think we're ever going to be on his level though. He's no, too big. He, he is very popular. He has like yeah. 700k subs or something. Maybe one day. He does read like Phoenix and stuff, and that that's like a pretty like confusing manga. So I mean, he's he reads stuff that's complex or whatever. You're saying he knows how to read. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is all just gonna stay in. Um, of course. So it's the, yes, those are the three hurdles. So it's animated by Studio Orange. They did a show you're very excited to watch. It's called Black Bullet. Don't watch it. I don't even know the premise for Black Bullet. You told me not. It'll be better at the surprise. We'll wait until we get there. I've memory voided Black Bullet until we get there. Besides that, in the last decade or so, they've had a bit of a hot streak with entirely or dominant CGI series. Among those in... Oh my god, I'm so tired. Among those being Beastars, Trigun Stampede, and of course today's topic, Land of the Lustrous. Oh, I missed that they did Trigun Stampede. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. A lot of people say point blank period that the anime is a perfect adaptation and looks beautiful. Literally calling it a masterpiece is more common than just saying it was good or even great. How did you feel about the animation itself? Um, it was better than Ruby, which I, it's not really a compliment, but it was, I mean, I think it's semi-competent, but there are times it, it definitely, you can tell that this is done earlier than Beastars. It's not as smooth in a lot of spots. There's, um, they did a, a decent job occasionally of, of like blending that 2D and CG kind of feel. Uh, but overall, I didn't really like it that much. There's definitely awkwardness in how the models move sometimes. Uh, it feels like I'm seeing a lot of the same animations repeated over and over and over again in like fights and stuff. Or there's just like, here's like an unnecessary CGI flip. Like, why did they do a flip there? Uh, and I, it's just like, oh, I guess they wanted to have like a cool shot of the character in zero G spinning around. Um, I just, I generally am a little bit down on CG animation, but 
yeah, this was on the lower end of what I can tolerate. There's stuff that's like below that. So this isn't the absolute worst, but it definitely wasn't something that I liked. I didn't really like looking at it that much. Yeah, I feel like I am crazy because people are like, it's so good. And then like, I look at Trigun Stampede by the same people and I'm yep. like, am I missing something? I feel like this is like worlds apart and I'm not even referring to art direction or anything. I'm just referring to like the actual like uh, end results of them. Like their tech that's at, at hand or something. Yeah, like the actual implementation of the technology. When did this come out? It came out in 2017. It feels like it's too late for it to look as not good as it does, in my opinion. Yeah, and I've been on a streak of watching, like, very well animated things, like the new Spider-Man, the new Ninja Turtles. Uh, I just... Yeah. I just finished watching The Book of Life. You know, that was pretty amazing, you know? Yeah, that was really good. That was really good CG animation. Um... Yeah, it's, it's just weird because Beastars came out in 2019. This came out in 2017. It feels like two years. It it, it feels like it the difference shouldn't be this jarring. Like, it shouldn't be this big. Because I think Beastars is one of the better-looking CG anime adaptations. I mean, there's other stuff like DreamWorks and whatever that's, like, big-budget stuff. But for an anime adaptation, uh, you know, 3D CGI kind of thing, I think Beastars is on, you know, kind of on the, the higher end of what looks good. And the fact that Land of Lustrous is on, like, the lower end, it feels like it's a big jump for it to have... I mean, good for them, I guess. But I'm just like, why does it look so bad? It's 2017. You'd think that by now, computers can, like, make things look okay. Um, All right. I have a challenge for you. Are you ready? Sure. Name three things that you did not like about the animation, and name two things you did like about the animation. That's impossible, because I didn't like anything about the animation. Name two things that weren't so bad about the animation. Okay. Uh, thing one I didn't like. Uh, there was a constant focus on, like, their ankles bending at really unnatural angles whenever they landed in their giant, like, foot-high high heels. And it was, like, making... A little part of me wanted to do, like, a squeamish thing whenever I saw their ankles, like, break in half. Not literally break in half, but, like, bend so far that I was just like, why does it look like that? It looks like the models just, like... They just, like, tweened the model to make the, the leg go over where it shouldn't. It's like an NBA player's like ankle just like popping straight up. The yeah, like it really looked awkward and it felt like they were stretching the model way too far to get the ankle to go like the shoe to land in a cool spot where it should like go, I guess. VTuber gone wrong. Yes, exactly. Yeah, VTuber uh, who like stepped out of frame and now their arm is like bent at an unnatural angle. Uh, yeah, thing number two I did not like was that there was definitely moments where it felt very slideshowy, like frames were missing in the in like the animations, like jumping to the next thing. I personally felt that way during some of the scenes you're supposed to be like really into. Like, I people really like the um, and I okay, I will say, I think the giant uh, puppy man was animated okay. I like the puppy man, but the actual fighting scenes between him and Bort, Bort is the girl with the long black hair, I thought were like super mid. I felt like I was watching like Windows Movie Maker rendering yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I was definitely not, well, yeah, I was definitely not fully satisfied with some of the fight scenes. Uh, for being the things that I think this is what people are supposed to be blown away by, I was like, this is really not doing it for me. Um, yeah. It felt, a lot of the fights felt very, I guess that would be the third thing, the fights felt very repetitive to me. Over and over the same thing. And that's partially just like, I mean, that's partially story and, and choreography or whatever you'd call it, scene composition. But partially the CGI adds to that because everything's so samey looking. All the enemies, all the girls, I mean, the all the 
genderless Charlie's Angels were like very uh, uh, samey looking, unless they had like a big piece of hair that looked different than the other person's piece of hair. So yeah, very repetitive uh, animations definitely was bothering me. Um, in terms of things that I didn't hate all the way, I kind of like the faces sometimes. I thought they kind of looked funny. Um, it lent itself more to feeling a little more 2D when you looked at some of the faces at times. It didn't feel so, you know, Uncanny Valley CGI when I was looking at some of the characters. And they, they had recognizably different like eyes and mouths and stuff sometimes. So I didn't hate that. Um, there's not a whole lot else I like. I guess the gems looked kind of cool. I liked that they were shiny looking. Wonder is that one of the things you like? They're shiny. They shine. I like shiny objects. Yeah. So I was kind of like a baby looking at a mobile for some of that. Yeah. Let's clap it up for the gems being shiny. I will say this is not CGI related, but I like the clomp, the clomping noises that everything made. Everything sounded like a funny rock, and I like the sound of rock. So, uh, they they definitely reused a lot of those clop 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 anime like sounds, but I like them for the most part. Not getting immersed in the uh, like story but just getting immersed in the um rock noises yeah i was immersed mostly in the lights and the sounds flashing on screen as i like you know cross my eyes just just like an actual seal clapping yeah i was mostly going art 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 whenever the the rocky clomping noises happened and they like crashed into each other dude that's a really good two things, <laughs> two things. well that's two things about the visuals or the sensory uh reception i had of the show there's a couple of other things I liked about it, but animation-wise, I don't have a lot good to say about it. Uh, visually, I have a lot bad to say about it, but visual visual uh, composition and CGI don't class as the same thing. Yeah, that well, that's I that's why I said the animation itself yeah, rather than we could talk the all about that if we wanted to, but that's completely separate. Which is what we're doing right now. Oh, good. A lot of the reasoning as to why the series is great animation-wise. Is sort of baked into one's bias if they already like it. For example, if someone doesn't like the hair or the way movement feels in the series, well, they aren't human and are effectively dolls, so the way it feels accurately portrays how it is in the manga. Then if you think the art style in the manga isn't particularly impressive, there's going to be some line of argumentation as to why the use of negative space is actually epic, etc., etc. I sort of came to the conclusion that I literally just don't enjoy it personally, there are a couple of cool panels in the manga, but that's really it. What do you think of the design choices and stylization of the series? Yeah, I would say, again, this is sort of a disparity between the, the manga and the anime. Because I don't... Well, you know how I feel about uh, manga that just have characters on empty white backgrounds <laughs> and the things going on in the panel besides that. Yeah. I generally am very negative on things like that. And I prefer the art in my manga to be like full of detail in the backgrounds or lots of detail in the accoutrement that go with the character that's at the foreground or something. Um, and I don't like, I don't I don't hate it, but I generally don't like as much like large sw swatches of just like black or white. And this has a lot of that. But from what I've seen of panicles, pan the panels in the manga, uh, it's pretty, it's relatively well done. The compositions are pretty good. And there's some, there is some epic, like, you know, looks like a poster background sort of thing of like the, of the way that things are composed on the panel. So I will not. I would say props to the to the manga for using limited tools to make some of the things look pretty good. But I agree that it's not my favorite stylistic choice. I generally like to have something a little busier or more to look at, or or the composition has to be like really impressive in some way. And this is just sort of good but not great. Overall, though, 
if you if you turn from that and turn to the anime, I really think they, I mean, they did the best they could because they were adapting a white background into having a background. But I really disliked what I was given, you know. I if you gave me this job, I don't know how I would do a better job. So I'm not saying a, you know, I'm not jeering the the art department here. They did a fine job for being given literally nothing. Uh, because you can't have an anime where it's just characters walking in a white background and then just, you know, wandering around from place to place. Um, but yeah, what we are given instead is that they walk on a big piece of grass and then just walk to a different piece of grass. And then occasionally it's snow instead of grass when it's wintertime. And then they go to the ocean and then it's just water forever and nothing in the background. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of like, there's literally nothing here. And... That's just it. The characters stand or sit in grass and then look at grass and then wander grass. And then occasionally they end up somewhere new that has more grass. And then sometimes they go to the water and the water has a lot of water on it. So yeah, I feel very, I'm left feeling very empty when I look at all that stuff. Sometimes I wonder what people's conception of like negative space is when they're talking about it. Mm -hmm. There's a video I want to say on YouTube that kind of, kind of goes into it regarding the series. I didn't watch it because I haven't read the manga, so to be fair, it's like whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, when I think of like use of negative space, I think of like MC Escher's artwork or something. Mm -hmm. And I don't think of like the meme of Taikubo going up to Kintaro Miura and saying, wait, let me fix this berserk panel. And he removes all the background and just writes the heart in between Griffith and uh, Guts. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not use of negative space. Uh, as, an, as an artistic construct. That is the use of negative space as not doing anything. Um, I think that I would say the manga, the, ma the manga creator of Land of the Lustra seems to occasionally be, maybe more than occasionally, somewhat often doing something with that negative space. But there's many times that it seems like they also just didn't draw a background. Yeah, I really enjoy a painting called Yard with Lunatics. And it's this like 17th century painting of like people doing all this like crazy stuff. There's like guys wrestling. And, oh yeah, like, that's that's the cover of one of the Michel Foucault books that I've been reading. Yeah, and the background is essentially two like black whatever walls, and then a blank sky, and then yeah, and then it has all the stuff going on. And to me, that is like that's neg that's negative space or minimalist yeah. backdrop. Well, this There's is, no this backdrop is, oh, yeah. thing going on. Goya is a very was very talented at like having large areas that aren't particularly like have really anything going on, but like having something like having it serve some purpose. This definitely serves a visual or a compositional purpose, so I, I think it's quite good. Uh, this is you know, Land of the Lustrous is not on a Goya composition level, but there are some times I think it's quite nice looking. That's sort of where I like start to check out because like. I understand that, like, obviously, this random mangaka or whoever draws it, if it's a different illustrator, mm -hmm. doesn't have to have that level of um, fine-tuning or whatever. But yeah. I also just have a hard time, like, soy-facing at, like, a pretty basic manga panel. Yeah, some of these are not that impressive. Some are okay. I mean, one of the things that I think that this, car this creator manga creator does that's relatively good and sometimes i feel like kubo is kind of missing is that a sense of scale is created with the with the negative space and you could argue you know we could argue all day long about how how you know kubo does good or does bad or whatever but you can i, I definitely feel like sometimes the negative space makes these panels feel like it adds to the, the largeness because you're like kind of looking at this giant you know landscape that 
you know, the mangaka couldn't be asked to like draw a cloud in or something for whatever reason. But you know, it adds to the to the the spatial composition. And sometimes the Kubo stuff is kind of just like, well, there's nothing back there, so you don't, you don't have to look back there. Um, but the same thing can be said about some of the some of the less impressive panels in Land of the Lustres too. It's just sort of like there's nothing back here, so don't worry about that. Yeah, like there is panels that come to mind where like it'll be Voss staring down a hallway, and the hallway is like bent at a very bizarre angle and it does create this sense of like dread or whatever yeah but i felt watching the anime that none of the good qualities of the manga in terms of like camera direction or points of view or anything was translated over i agree 100 percent. yeah it's like the camera has a mind of its own in the in the anime and the mind it has is mostly like looking at the butts of these you know genderless rock people um yeah, it doesn't leave me feeling any sort of, you know, it doesn't do the same thing that the the point of view in the manga perspective does in the manga panels. And when you do, when it does like kind of like sweep over the landscape in the anime, it just doesn't feel impressive because it's it feels like it, it misses the point of, of the scale. And then it, it's really just showing us that they are standing on a beach or looking at some grass. And it doesn't make it feel like this giant sweeping landscape, even though it's supposed to be. I probably prefer this in black and white than I do in color. Mm, but you don't get to see that there's shiny gems. That's a really good point. Thank you. How will I know who's talking? <laughs> well, one thing that was very funny to me at the end of the anime, like I think it was, ep it literally was episode 12, where they zoom out and you get to see all of the land that they've been crossing. It looks like it, you could walk it in like an hour. It, the scale of it makes it feel so small, the amount of space that they've been covering. And there are episodes where they just walk the entire episode to get to one end of the island to the other. And then the zoom out is like, oh, this is where they've been this whole time. It's like, why didn't you show, first of all, why didn't you show me that earlier? And second of all, why does it look like I could like, you know, take a golf cart and get over there in like five minutes, be from one end to the other. To me, it felt like they were like in a building, maybe the size of the White House or something. And they walked on like the White House lawn. Yes, right, yeah. And it's funny because they make, I'd say the large, the largest point of conflict and the main action of the show is the characters teaming up so that they can cover all of this ground to scout every single day for 4,000 years. And it's like, you'd think that maybe they didn't need to do that. Made, to break up into like 20 teams to cover a like a small golf course size amount of land. I think that's just like, I mean, I, I don't know how people generally feel about this, but to me, it is just stupid that they just go along with this. It's like, yeah, they're just there. There's so many things that require me to suspend like basic logic and just go, oh, well, there are like rock people who lo know literally nothing, even though it's been 4000 years and they have had a had a, a continuous uh, amount of time unbroken to like learn all the shit about the world that they could. So it's very hard to like remove that like it's very hard to have that suspension of disbelief required to be like ah yes none of this makes sense because it's the future and they're rock people so of course they wouldn't have like normal civilizational development or logic but it's like <laughs> those questions are really pushing hard at the back of my mind as i'm trying to push them away when people start to like give reasoning like that i'm like it's still a story about anthropomorphized beings made for human consumption it's like i'm sorry but i'm not a rock person so it's very hard for me to understand why they acted so incredibly stupid for four thousand years 
Yeah, it's like, and there's, it gets annoying because as a, like, philosophical, like, uh, sophomore, like, for fun sometimes, like, when I watch Psychopaths, and he, like, starts quoting, like, Pascal out of nowhere, and it has nothing to do with the plot. It's like, I enjoy that very much. It's very funny. Oh, no, I soy face hard when anyone quotes philosophy in anime. It's it's going to be some weird... You can explain away fucking anything. Yes. And at a point, it's just like, I don't care. I need the anime to be good. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. And then from there, everything else is a bonus. I need it to be good. Yes. Well, I think Land of the Lustrous wants to be on that level of like a philosophical investigation of like, you know, becoming human or understanding yourself and like developing and progressing your personal character. But it's like, if basic shit doesn't get addressed, you're really left unable to like get to the, the sophomoric philo like philosophy shit because you keep being like, but like, what if they had like basic logic? What if they had like the barest sense of like, Anything that we are addressing in, a, in like a philosophical work, none of that stuff is there. And anytime that it get because it does get occasionally addressed, it's like the, the creator of this is aware of those things and wants the characters to question them. But every time they reach a question that it's not time for the plot to address, they just get like stonewalled by a character who could know more or could help them answer that question. So it's like, what's the purpose of me being here, Sensei, who could tell me? And then Sensei goes, nah. And then it kind of gets dropped until like more plot happens and the character has been through some shit and has more questions. So it's very like frustrating because the, the anime is telling you, essentially the only thing this anime tells me because it's it's presented so abstractly and the ideas are so out there, it's telling me on its face, like this is a thing there where you have to look a little deeper and think a little bit more because this is not just like little girls at school. This is supposedly something deeper. And then every time I try to look deeper, I get like smacked in the face with just like, you know, First off, not particularly amazing animation, and then second off, like, a nonsensical plot with no attempt at, like, giving narrative reasons for why I don't have the answers I need from episode one. So, I got hung up on this, like, goofy thing after I watched it, mm -hmm. or for, like, the week, I was just sitting there, and I would occasionally be like, how does, like, the biology for these gyms work? Uh -huh. Well, <laughs> I had... I had so many problems with I mean it's it's just another one of the logic problems where I'm like I can't suspend my disbelief enough to like try and even address this it's so stupid because it feels like every time something bad happens to one of these like rock, rock people who are functionally immortal and can be put back together it feels like their reactions to being damaged or injured don't line up with what we've learned about them being essentially functionally immortal in every way and it's like why is it such a big deal when is it, when is it a big deal when is it not a big deal why do they choose to be like, they could be any any shape, any size, any, you could do anything to them and they just choose to be little girl shaped. Uh, I don't have, I don't have those answers and I wish I had them. If you have seen the anime and have read the manga, do your best to explain to us, you know, don't be an asshole or whatever, but if you have an answer for some of this, leave it and uh, in a comment and let me know or send me a message. But, like, put it in a way that makes sense within the anime's context. You can't go, but in the manga. Don't do that. Don't tell me what happens 80 episodes if the anime was hypothetically continuing. Tell me how I, as an anime viewer, am supposed to, like, piece together these things. And if you say, well, you're not, then, um, I mean, we already thought the show was bad. So just, like, saying, well, you're not just makes us be like, 
Well, I, this actually brings up an interesting point. I, I mean, I'm always confident that we'll have stuff to talk about <laughs> for these shows. But I was thinking, like, you know, <laughs> I don't. I'm so frustrated by the lack of answers in this. I didn't know how I would get to, you know, tackling some of the larger points I wanted to make. But this does lead into something, which is like, how do you judge? How do you judge something that you don't feel like you're equipped to like answer the questions to? Like, I feel like there's times when an an author is smarter than me, and then I feel like I'm not supposed to be able to like judge something. Does that does that ever happen to you? Like you're not able to understand some of the references being made, so you feel like you're out of your depth in being able to judge something as good or bad, even though you have a even though you have a subjective feeling, you don't have like a way to really explain it. Well, I do, but not with this. Like no, no, not not with this. I'm just saying, like that feeling. Uh, you understand that feeling. I, I don't. I don't really have that feeling with this. But it does like raise like a thing where like I have so many questions I can't answer that it's hard for me to judge whether I'm like it makes me feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think that I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been reading um, like Goethe or whatever the scientist dude that wrote Faust, mm. and his scientific work on like plants. And I literally like I've read the entire book and I like probably couldn't explain to you mm -hmm. what it's about. So there's like real examples like that, and there's stuff like. Um, when I was still young, I watched Evangelion, and the only other references I had was, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Yu Yu Hakusho. Right. And I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that it's, this, this gives me a similar feeling to that, because I'm just, like, left with so many questions I can't answer. And it's, like, it's hard for me to judge parts of it, because I'm like, I'm sure that there's some philosophy in here, and I can't find it. I can't, I can't make my way to it, so it makes me feel like I'm stupid. Or something but then when when you get to the point when you do that thing where it's like you're saying to commenters if you can ref if you can answer these questions without referencing the manga uh you know if you can't do that then yes i think that's a sign that there's something missing from the thing that you're wa that you're watching or consuming this is just ultimately the problem with like the modern like uh landscape of adaptations we we're running into this more and more where it's TV with homework. You can't watch um, Ahsoka, the show, without watching a fucking Clone Wars cartoon or reading comics. You can't watch, um, what's another example? I mean, this, obviously. To understand anything what's going on, you have to read the manga. And there's a lot of things like this now. Dune is another one where I watched Dune. I thought it was mid and people were like, this is the greatest. And I'm like, well, it ends horrifically. Um, but they're like, well, you have to watch part two, or like people dismiss criticism of it because you have to watch part two. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna judge it as a standalone work, and as a standalone work, it's dog shit. So well, we also live in like a very Marvelified uh, media landscape now, where I think people are kind of used to like spending eighty hours understanding the entire lore of this bullshit, and then you, as a viewer who isn't willing to do that, is just like left out in the cold because it's just sort of accepted <laughs> that you've spent most of your life knowing like the all, being able to name every guardian of the galaxy or whatever shit yeah it's like dude i got other shit going on i'm so sorry i just like i just want to do other shit than read like a manga or an entire book series for every random stupid tv show i could watch yeah yeah this is definitely lacking in some critical information so i think that's that's the the sum of it is that it's just lacking there's things lacking here also, if you mischaracterize this as they didn't understand it for two hours, fuck you. It's not that we don't understand. The It's very, it's not even that fucking interesting or deep. It's like basic, like, gender theory stuff explored in the manga or whatever. It's not that fucking deep. 
Um, also, I'm smart. You can't say that about me. Yeah, we're better than you. The main thing that I took away from this is that the moon is made of cheese. It's true. That's the biggest, deepest philosophical uh, thing I came away from this. I joked a little bit saying, well, shit, I guess we're watching anime Steven Universe. And ironically, we weren't too far off from that. Yeah. The way the characterization of a character changes and the sort of unfolding reality of the different races and the show and their correlating story branches are at least mildly interesting. There's an entire identity queer horror thing going on with Voss in the manga, but we're not going to get into any of those memes. How do you feel about the world building? Uh, again, hard to separate what I sort of know about the manga from the anime, but just looking at the anime, I mean, I like stuff that is like this, but I don't think that I like this specifically. Does that make sense? I like yeah. stuff where there's like weird moon men made of cheese and like rock people fight them. And then there's a funny squid with like giant boobs that like fights the moon people. Like if, if, if you had to like, if you're watching a show and the, the rough synopsis, it sounds like a five-year-old, like kept, just kept spitting out more stupid fantasy ideas and like races of like monster people. I probably will be interested in that. Like rock people fight cheese people while they get sabotaged by, you know, fish people with big jugs. That sounds like a great way to attract me to like wanting to see something. But it's just the, the world building is done so piecemeal and is so sparse at times that again, it's like, I, I want more than I'm given because I just, it feels like the bare outline of those ideas is thrown out there. And we just don't get to scratch deeper in, you know, deeper under the surface for essentially the entirety of the show until like episode 12. My favorite part of the show before we got there was when they do the, the exchange for her brother, like the mermaid lady. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? The show might be good. I gave yeah, it like... That is a great a start to something. And then they, they say, actually, we're flying to the moon. Goodbye. The, the yeah. fact that the characters can so quickly just go, we're going to the moon. Bye. That really... <laughs> it sums up a lot of how I feel about the show, which is like Poochie just kind of flies to the moon and he's gone next scene and doesn't come back. I thought that was even fine because like it would be explained later on right mm -hmm. but what really lost me and this is like goofy when they go to bed and they're like all in that room and they're little like cute schoolgirl outfits going to sleep the winter and room? then yeah and then antarctice or whatever her name wakes up yes. i'm like okay she might be cool and yeah. then she's like can we do our ritual and she gives him a i'm just like oh my god you felt too seen by it it's so true <laughs> I thought it was really cool when Antar when Antar I I thought that was a really cool setup because we finally got to see what goes on in their lives and not just wandering in the grass and fighting a random cheese monster. Like I thought that was a great start to the world building that we never really got more of. I love that they were like, "Okay, we're going to go do this in a field. We're going to set up like a big, you know, tent and we have our little area and then a weird lady pops out of the water and she becomes crystallized." All that's cool because it's like it's starting to fill out the world with stuff that isn't just an endless field of grass and cheese monsters. Um, and then they were like, now it's not grass, it's just endless amounts of snow and a thousand icebergs that never change and are just there and we have to smash 10,000 icebergs for an entire winter. And it's like, okay, that's, that's all. That's all for the next two episodes or three episodes. I do like that you're describing like a 90s RPG or something. Mm, yeah. Uh, a 90s RPG, but the first 15 minutes of a 90s RPG. 
Yeah, the first... Um... But spread out over, like, 60 minutes. <laughs> What's the one with the slimes, Monster Hunter? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, Monster Hunter has way better world building than this. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But it's like the first hour where you just grind slimes. Or no, Monster Rancher. I think Monster Rancher's... <laughs> I'm thinking of Monster <laughs> Rancher. That's even better. There you go. Yeah, anyways, it's just... Yeah, the world building has so many initial... Like, the first sentence of the world building is really great. And then the, the rest of the paragraph is blank. Or it was, like, written by, like, ChatGPT or something. It just feels empty. It, there's just... They start with a great idea, and then it's empty. Why do... Why do so... I have so many questions about why so many things happen the way that they do, and they never get answered or addressed. Or they only get answered and addressed way after I wanted that answer. I did like the trade scene, but the sense of scale for like the ocean thing was kind of mm -hmm. goofy too. It's so goofy because it feels like it feels like. Here's how I feel like <laughs> the scale of things. It feels like when you're playing a video game and you accidentally get out of bounds, yeah. and then the map just goes on for another ten thousand kilometers because the devs just wanted to make sure it really looked like it made it look like a big area, and then the the, the background, you know, the town would be packed. You accidentally got out of bounds in like Ridge Racer or like a town in a PS1 game, and then you kept walking for 10,000 miles of like grass or ocean. That's what every scene felt like. This procedurally generated shit. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool in some scenes. It feels kind of vapor wavy in some scenes. Like the trade scene feels that way a little, but mostly it's just like, why is this like, you know, Wave Racer 64 background, like nothing in it, just like out here? They do feel like in a totally different location during the ice months, too. Yes. Yeah, it feels like there's no relation. And it's just, oh, we, we're on the ice map now. We actually, we, we went out of bounds on the ice map. Yeah, like they're on Crash Bandicoot or some shit. Yeah, they went to like the polar level of Crash Bandicoot, but they jumped over the glacier by accident. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very unsatisfying to me because it could be cool. I mean, I really like the Buddha cheese monsters as a concept. I mean, it's kind of a trope. You know, I, I've seen it in many other anime and manga, but it's they're cool. They're weird and alien feeling in a cool way. Uh, it's just that we never see more than just the one. It's just the one cheese monster over and over, copy pasted for 11 episodes until you get to the boss one at the end. There's a boss monster in episode 12. <laughs> I think that's sort of like the running theme for the show is like, oh, this could be interesting. Oh, this oh, could be interesting. Not. Oh. Yeah, I think that's like the general running theme for this. Now, show. I will say, this, no, again, we aren't supposed to do this, but knowing what's going on in the manga, you get a tiny little hint of this in the anime that that is sort of conceptually part of what's happening thematically, like this endless repetitive cycle thing. I mean, that's that's a theme of the show is cycles and cyclic progression, and I don't know, maybe you can make something about karma or like Hindu, you know, uh, religion or some shit like that. But it just it's not satisfying <laughs> to observe without any further explanation or further delving into the content. If you don't go further than the idea that, you know, stuff is repetitive in philosophy and religion, you know, you're not going to be left with anything you can take away from that. The idea of repetition as just the main content of the show is not, that's not enough to support a show. Also, like, a lot of people are just like, oh, it's interesting. There's Buddhist stuff and they kind of end their, like, analysis of a series there. That is interesting. But you can't do 12 episodes of saying, well, ain't that interesting, and then show me the same thing over and over. Yeah, and there's stuff there. It's sort of just like, I think a lot of people have like a weird romanticization with like manga mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Where like, if you saw a Western thing that you're more familiar with referencing like biblical things in the same way, you would think it's cringe as fuck, but because it's different, you're like, 
Oh, that's actually based. Right. I don't want to watch Veggie Tales. I mean, some people, but if like, <laughs> if you were, if Steven Universe was done like Veggie Tales, people would probably get pretty bored of that. I would bet that Steven Universe is at least better than the anime for this. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'll assume sure. Why not? It sounds like it the way people talk about it, but I couldn't say. Yeah, not come. Also, you know, we weren't even that mean with this show. We're just like, I just wish it was a little bit better. That's really yeah, it. I, I mean, this isn't to say this isn't to really shit on the show. This is to say it could be something more than it is. I I had high hopes based on the initial interaction I had with it. So I'm not saying that I think that the ideas, the initial ideas, the initial themes, and the the basic plot and the basic like the basic idea of the world and overall like enemies and allies and fish people and stuff, all that stuff that I want to see. That's that's marketed to me. Fish with boobs, evil bo cheese Buddhas, and like rocks with rock people with swords is like directly marketed at me. It's just that, <laughs> uh, yeah, what we're given is not uh, enough of an exploration of that. So where we are is basically like we're less confused about the show. We're more just confused why people think it is as good as it is, and that the anime is mid to kind of bad and the manga is probably much cooler i will say the anime makes me want to read the manga so that in a way it achieves its goal if the goal is to drive manga sales that's kind of what i'm saying though is like when i read the parts about the manga i was like oh, i'm just gonna read this yeah right reading the synopsis of the manga is like damn that sounds way better than what i got blew me away